1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another nice-looking day. Got a uh, full, got a full house here in the studio today. Actually, that would be five. I don't think there's, there's only four of us in here. But I mean, well, all be, the all the microphones are, you know, there's someone seated at each of the microphones.
2: Four people who are more
0: on mic, I feel like, would be a full
2: house. Drew is the the rhythm section of the show. The, That's uh, true. Know, the, the, yeah, he you know. is. He
0: is. I don't know. But I mean, I there's a mic over there. But there there are only four mics, and and right now there are four people in here. It's Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson back with us. It's been a while, Ferg. It's been a,
3: it's been a long while. Uh, I was thinking about that on the, on the drive in here today. Like I saw Tracy up front. I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've been in here. Uh, uh, you,
0: you've logged uh, a mile or two. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah, I, think, you know. I think we were previewing the
2: cow game the last time we got to see uh, Justin. <laughs> uh, so quite a bit. It honestly, seems like
3: it. Honestly, I think the last time I was in here probably was... Oh, it was probably before. You and I, started. it was.
0: Dan was gone. I think the last time you were yeah, here, and it yeah. was on, like on a. Uh, it may not have even been a Thursday. But. Yeah,
2: Brandon Cox was about to finish up his. Uh, no, it's 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 no. It's good to see Justin again because he's and he has been. Well, have you missed? There was one. There was one home game right where you were out of town covering a football yeah, game. Yep. There was one basketball game. Otherwise, you've been to every. Men's basketball game yep. uh, in person this season, including uh, South Dakota and New York and Boone, uh, North Carolina. So yeah, it's great. To, uh, it's, it's yeah, great the Atlanta
3: about. trip on Saturday a lot easier. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding.
0: And and uh, there'll be there'll be more people who are usually uh, covering and watching Auburn at that one than they've yeah. been at some of the other games.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's been fun. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed those all those trips. Boone was a great trip, uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to. Uh, Looking forward to covering Auburn, and, and think about this. This is the second time already this year Auburn's going to be playing in an NBA arena, which you know you hear the players talk about all the time how cool that is to be in those environments, and, and, and Auburn, no stranger, obviously, to State Farm in Atlanta.
2: When you see a mid-major gym rocking the way – Boone was like that's that's what i mean it really is i mean it's cool and you don't as, get to,
3: and you don't get to see that very yeah, often in this yeah, job yeah. because auburn is one of the few teams that is willing to do these two for one deals and make these moves and then you and, know. Su-
0: and sunday is why
3: yeah exactly <laughs> sometimes
2: <laughs> exactly. sometimes sunbelt teams will have double headers that that troy will be part of either on the road or at home and so i've, I've gotten to see some big crowds but mm-hmm. nothing I mean, that, that it was, that it was a great crowd. Was, yeah, I mean, that's, I've, I've been in that gym multiple times, and, and I did not have it was not nearly at capacity when I was there, and I can imagine that was a uh, it was close to cool it was a close to, to
3: a sellout, and it was really the biggest game they've ever had, you know, in that building since they opened it. Uh, the first game they ever played there was against North Carolina, and so this was the only other time anybody's dared to go in there. App State's a good team. That's probably going to end up being like a quad two game for Auburn when it's all said and done. So not a terrible loss by any means, and. They got an opportunity to bounce back, and I, you know, we've talked about it on our podcast, you know, the last couple couple episodes. It's like for Auburn, you come out of that game and say, "Wow, you shot terribly and still had a chance to win." I, you know, I know, I know, there's some angst from Auburn fans about the offense and the way the shooting's gone right now, but I just watching this team and seeing what they've done and knowing the the amount of work they put in and the amount of shooters they have, I think that's going to turn around, but. You know, it, it does say something that, and I think it says a lot about their defense that they were in that game. You know, at the end, despite the fact that they really couldn't throw it in the ocean when it came to to jump shots.
0: Yeah, I mean, considering the the biggest concern heading into the season was defense, and the defense uh, has played really defense well. Defense has really been well, uh, really been good. And now, what is your biggest concern? thus far in the mm-hmm. season i mean i know everybody's everybody right now is concerned because over the last two games auburn's not even shooting 12 percent
3: good yeah
0: um there's they're a little over 11 at least but yeah. but i wonder right now i think i think they've got to get denver jones going
3: they got to get denver going i think they could stand to get Jalen going a little bit more as well but yeah i think those are two guys that you can really kind of stick out and and again i don't know you know, the big concern I think I would have for this team is I, I wonder, and you're going to see some of this against Indiana on Saturday, when they play kind of a big rough them up kind of team, mm-hmm. what happens there? Because as good as, um, you know, Jani Broome has been here recently and as good as Jalen Williams is and-, and what they can get from-, from those guys in the front court, it's more of a finesse front court than a power front court, and you're going to run into some teams that are not going to be, you know, they're going to be willing to rough you up and, they're gonna, and you're going to have to rough them up on the uh, back. And Auburn, you know, throughout the year has not really done super well with the free throw battle, um, either giving up a lot of trips to the line or not converting their own. And so that, those, are like in tough, t- tough, tight games, I think that's the thing that kind of sticks out to me because this team, you know, we've seen this team play really good offensive time this year. We've seen this team play really good defense. Free throws are one of those that's kind of it's been lingering. Both Auburn's inability to keep teams from going to the line and also converting at the line themselves, and some of these big physical matchups is, is going to be big, and that's why I think Indiana is a great test for what they're going to see in SEC play.
2: A conversation we were having uh, taping the Observer podcast last night, Bill, is is um, you look at Indiana's last couple of conference games and their opponents have shot the three point uh, shot poorly. Like it's it's in the like Maryland was two of two of sixteen. Michigan was was four of of 17 or four of 18, something like that. If you're Auburn and Indiana is cramming the paint and daring you to shoot three-point shots... Do you still try to go to the basket and work it inside to your post, or do you take those three point shots? Uh, I say take the threes. Yeah, I
0: think they've got to keep taking the threes. That's because, what they're strong. At. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've they, got shooters. In Indiana they seems have, like they, they have track records of being able to make them. They just they just have to do it.
2: Indiana seems like a team that will
3: dare you to shoot yeah. three point shots, and sure. well, especially
0: if, when they see a team like Auburn that yeah. struggled so much the last couple of times and, and, out.
3: And we were saying some of they've the, got a ton of size too. They feel like if they can force you inside, they've got the trees down there mm-hmm. to kind to, to kind of make it work. Some of the some of the percentages right
2: now from Auburn's three-point shooters, Janai under thirty uh, percent, Baker Mazzara's under twenty-five percent, and Katie Johnson is under twenty percent. Those kind of numbers, a month into the season, will small have, sample size. Yeah, yeah. Small, no, that's what I mean. I mean, a, the, a month into the season, those kind of numbers will have defenses backing off and, and conce- hey. I mean, and, and maybe daring I, you. I, I, a a- a a- I mean,
0: Aiden's shooting under thirty-three percent. You know, overall.
2: Yeah, I don't expect, and, that,
0: and, and yeah, though. I don't
2: expect any of those guys to
3: continue shooting at
0: that. To Bill's point, C, to
3: Bill, to Bill's point, Denver, Denver's a guy I can get going because he, cause he he's is shooting the guy. Many. Yeah, yeah, thirty six percent this year. I mean, even in some games where he's been cold, like he has been a overall a pretty good shooter. Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, I'll say this: just internally at Auburn, uh, in that program right now, there is a belief with the coaches and the players that, that the three point shooting is going to work itself out, like the. There's a lot of confidence that these guys have enough shooters. They put in enough work. They put in enough time. You're going to have cold spells. You're going to have games where things don't fall. But it was easy for Auburn fans to come out of that App State game and see how it ended and and say, oh, well, this is just the same team that they were last year. I, I can see, like, as the result, sure. But this team started off the year really, really playing really good offensive basketball. And I think they have the ability to get back there. They've got to tweak some things. They've got to have some counters. Teams are defending Aiden Holloway a lot different than they did at the beginning of the year, which has made it tougher on Aiden. They've got to make those adjustments and those tweaks. But also, it's just hit open shots. Yes, in the App State game, they forced some bad looks. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's just straight up. But of all the three-pointers Auburn missed against App, I would be willing to say around half of them, maybe even more than half of them, were good looks. They just didn't go down. I mean, how many wide-open shots did Auburn just have rim out mm-hmm. in that game? So just hit them. You just you just have to hit them, and it's not the fact that this team doesn't have shooters. They have shooters. Their shooters are all just collectively slumping at the moment, and and that's something you can at least work around, especially if you have a defense uh, that that is keeping you in a lot of these games.
2: I feel like Holloway more than the other guys I listed. You know that that's also an issue of. Does his shot selection need to improve? Because, I mean, you, you said forcing it. I mean, yeah, I think there were he, times He's
3: probably where... the biggest example of guys who are forcing it a little bit. But he's a rhythm shooter. He's, he's, try, he's trying to get back in it. I mean, this is a dude – Offense was coming so free and easy for him at the beginning of the right. season. And you can tell he's trying to get back into it. Uh, and But, you know, I asked Bruce today about, about Aiden and I asked a couple other players about Aiden. And he was like, look – Teams are defending him differently. We've we, we've got to adjust to that. He's got to adjust to that. And then secondly, I heard this from uh, from from Jalen Williams when I asked him. He said nobody's in the gym more than Nathan. Like like this is a guy. This is a guy who is working to you know n- start knocking down those shots a little bit more. So it's not like you know he he's a guy that knows that he's slumping and and he has to get out of it. But he's working really really hard to do that. And it's not just you know it's one of those, I expect him to bounce back. He might not go crazy against Indiana on Saturday, but I do expect him to come back because I think, you know, something we've talked about before, Dan, is like you bank on talent to win out over time. It's early in the season. Um, And then I think the other good news is for Auburn is that even in the slump right now on offense, especially with Aiden, Trey Donaldson's playing really good basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been probably Auburn's most consistent guard uh, for the last few games. And that could lend itself out pretty well here, you know over the next few weeks, maybe more of that two point guard lineup um, and just finding other ways to get get Trey involved because he, he has picked up Aiden and he has picked up that point guard position when Aiden's been struggling. And there have been some times where those two guys have been able to play together and be pretty successful.
0: Yep, Auburn, Indiana, Saturday, uh, hoops giving. Uh, Auburn a regular and uh, the, uh, the hoops giving over there in Atlanta. Uh, we'll talk more about that. We, <clears throat> we'd love for you to join in. That's Justin Ferguson, Bill, and Dan with Drew at the controls here on the Thursday edition of the Drive. And you can uh,
2: shouldn't the Hoops Giving be closer to Thanksgiving? It should. <laughs> like I mean, it's I, not that it's
0: not that far removed from it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's still holiday themed, and you know, in the holidays, I guess.
0: Included. I mean, Thanksgiving came a little earlier this year. Is what right. it is, it you just, know? Yeah. It was. It was it was about as early as you can get in uh, November, and maybe the, it?
2: maybe the gym was booked that weekend for something yeah. else. You know, the uh, the Hawks might have had a home game or something, so they have to, you know, they have to respect the the everyday tenant. But yeah, just it's jarring to hear it's the hoops game. Yeah, I know. It's well, uh, you strange. know,
0: you, holla, holla hoop. I don't know. That don't sounds he, like hoop. You know hoop. what? If I those, don't know.
2: If those leftovers <laughs> are still in the fridge, right? Like you know, I, uh, I it's always it's this time. time of year, though.
0: It's it's probably time probably time to uh, pass on them. Now if Probably. they're still in the
2: fridge. They're
0: in the freezer now, maybe they're okay. Freezer but, might have uh, been
2: able, Yeah, you could you could freeze them right, at, right after
0: right we, but, yeah. All right. Uh again, we'd love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar, and that number is three three four-three two one thirteen ninety. You can also text the show at
2: 334 564 1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors they also sponsor the podcast available however
0: you listen to podcasts. We'll get to, I'll tell you what, before we get to our first break, while I'm thinking about it, I mean, uh, uh, a couple of notes about former Auburn basketball players. One good, one sort of sad. Uh, Did you see the... The game that uh, Stretch had the other day. Yeah, yeah incredible. Set, set the blocks. 11 blocks. Set the blocks
3: Eleven record bl- for uh, George Washington. Yeah, great game. Great to see Stretch playing on the D1 team and, and getting to do what he's, yeah. he does best. And then I, I know what you're well, – I, yeah, you, I know what the other – Yeah, can we, can Devin. We a,
2: can we get to a, a positive one uh, from uh, – how about Jabari having 18 rebounds yeah. last night as well? Oh, absolutely. So, so personal, yeah, personal uh, – I guess a uh, sets a personal career high in year two with Houston, but an 18-rebound night. For Jabari Smith, who was off to a hot start in his second year uh, in the
3: NBA, now yeah, yeah, then
0: sadly Devin Cambridge uh, going down with a season-ending injury. um, Texas Texas Tech.
3: That might be it for him, I think. Yeah, I think so. um, Which which is which is terrible. Dev's one of the more entertaining players I've Mm -hmm. ever covered, and uh, yeah, you wish you wish him a speedy recovery. Wish he's, he's able to you know continue his basketball career. In some capacity, but uh, yeah, that's that's a tough blow. And he had been playing pretty well for, for mm-hmm. Texas Tech. We talked about uh, we talked about Cliff
2: Ellis yesterday, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, because all and we said it on the podcast too. But all the best to uh, to Cliff Ellis in retirement as well. Former Auburn uh, coach, former Niceville High School coach, uh, who is uh, he, he called it a career uh, this week at Coastal Carolina, and is uh, even without the the Cumberland wins, Bill. Just from uh, South Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, and Coastal. Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe he's in the top ten all time mm-hmm. in uh, in Division yeah, One. He's either
0: eight or nine.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's in the he's in uh, rarefied air as a college basketball coach. And I think it's really cool that he's stepping down in the middle of the season so that an assistant on the staff can get an opportunity to coach the team uh, for the rest of the year and have a real audition for the job. Rather than because Cliff Ellis, we were saying, on the podcast, Cliff Ellis is somebody who could get a retirement tour if he mm-hmm. wanted to. If he said, yeah. "I'm retiring at the oh, end of yeah. the season." Then it would be like when you know when Derek Jeter was walking away, and he'd get a gift from every uh, you know, as as a road opponent, and you know the Sun Belt would be going out of its way to salute him, and he's and he's passing on all of that uh, to be uh, uh to to do something uh, pretty noble, I think, for his uh, for his assistants, and so yeah, all, all the
0: best to uh, to Cliffel. on brand move for a uh, for for a guy like him. We will uh, get to our first break. We can talk some more basketball. I got a feeling we'll talk a little football, Ooh. the transfer portal, recruiting. You've got uh, State, the, the Super 7 going on, and, and uh, we, we will talk about much, that and much more. Love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive.
2: Yellowwood knows that a five-star
1: backyard is the place to make lasting memories like cookouts bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Drew at the controls before we get to the phone. Uh, A couple of things here. Let's see. The Super 7 going on in Tuscaloosa. And Auburn commitment Cam Coleman, the MVP of the 7A game last night uh, in a game where uncharacteristically Central turning the ball over and the game was tight throughout And with about, uh, I guess it was about 10 minutes to go in the ball game when uh, with the score 14-13 Central, Coleman caught a quick uh, slant and uh, that was about eight, eight, nine yards downfield and uh, made a guy miss and then just outran three Thompson defenders for a 73-yard touchdown. Finishes with, I believe, five catches for 143 yards last night. And uh, as Jason Caldwell, who was on with us yesterday, was talking about this is a youngster who not only is he graduating early but he skipped a grade early. He should just be a junior in high school so he is nowhere near full grown or or you know matured as uh, as an athlete yet.
2: Terry we'll get to you in just a moment, but I just want to just for clarification's sake, Bill, how many receivers do you have on the Bill Cameron depth chart? right now cuz a couple have I gone think five point,
0: right? but that's that's wondering what the situation with var is okay so
2: you have var you have var on it right now i have him on
0: so, it right now just waiting even though there's there's a, a you know I, a lot yeah, of smoke I have, so, five, so I have five as well VAR,
2: yeah. var var fair burton Coymore, and camden brown and camden, camden brown. brown okay and then mm-hmm. how many how also
3: ma- sounds like camden brown's going to be staying around
2: does yeah. how many how many receivers does auburn have uh in the commitment list, four right now from yes four, four. Cam, and, uh, four. Cam 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 Perry, Perry Thompson, Bryce and
3: Malcolm. Malcolm.
2: And you mm-hmm. assume Auburn? I mean, what one or two from?
0: Uh, what
3: well, I guess that's nine. They would like more than nine. They're, they've already they've offered five or six. Uh, there was just another one announced or uh, it was reported just, just a, a little while ago. State receiver. Uh, well, and then uh, Coastal Carol Coastal Carolina receiver uh, Jared Brown is oh, going to visit oh, next oh, week. Okay, I didn't see that. I haven't um, seen that. One. The Georgia State receiver is visiting soon. Right. Um, they have the South Alabama receiver, mm-hmm. the Mississippi State receiver. Bill has convinced um, me, um, Van Shepard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean,
2: Bill, Bill has convinced me that Louisiana, uh, that LSU is, is is the team to beat. For well, me. you know, LSU
0: is going to be really interesting for both um, Will Shepard and Etan and no, and oh. uh, um, the Mississippi State receiver. I, you know what? Mm-hmm. Because they're both yeah. they're both Louisiana natives, and LSU is losing both of those studs. As is Etienne from Florida, that also is. also a Louisiana native he, who just went in the portal. He uh, sounds like he's headed to Georgia. Well, it's I mean, you understand. But I mean, he's well, he's, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get to it. Have, have you guys seen the uh, the OutKick story today that had some num- had some of the numbers in there, mm-hmm. supposedly quoting current coaches and players. We can get to that in a little bit. But let, let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Terry gets us started. Hey, Terry.
4: Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan. Hey, uh, Justin, how y'all doing today?
3: Doing well, Terry.
4: Great. Just I got a question for you. Um, yes, sir. With um, Payton, probably going to come back.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And with Auburn, there's rumors that they're seeking a quarterback for depth, up, maybe for depth on I don't know. Who knows? You probably know better than I do. I'm sure you do. Mm. It, do they not think that much of Holden Garner?
3: Yeah, I think it. I, mean, I, th- I, I think it could be a situation here where you know, I, I think Auburn could go after somebody if they lose somebody or multiple mm-hmm. somebody's. I, I think this staff really likes Holden. Um I, I I wonder how much Holden is going to be prone to say because I mean he will have been in Does Holden
0: know, want to be at Auburn 3 years without, without being, a, being starter. a starter.
3: Yeah, that that's the real question I think. Uh you know that he's got he's got to answer that one for himself mm-hmm. and I, and I do wonder what that ends up looking like moving forward but I I do think the staff really likes him um it, a, enough to unseat a guy like Peyton Thorne? probably not just because of the experience factor but my thing is Right now, it looks like if Auburn does go after somebody in the transfer portal at quarterback, it's probably going to be until after somebody moves on uh, more than them taking the top dollar right now and going after one of these big-name guys right now. Uh, It seems like they're better off, or they think they're better off, spreading that wealth around around to these other other classes. And so for quarterback, I don't know, between him and Walker White, I both think Auburn would love to develop a guy for the future Mm -hmm. after Peyton Thorne. Uh, instead of just recruiting over their heads,
0: and I'll will t- tell you this, Terry. Uh, um, you know Jason, who is on with us on on Wednesdays, there with twenty four seven, and uh, one of their guys uh, with Recruiting Insider uh, was talking with uh, with KJ Bolden, who mm-hmm. is, you know, is committed to Florida State, but boy, Auburn is not letting up, and Auburn's telling him he could play both some uh, few plays on offense as well as defense, mm. and according to uh, according to the uh, um, th- th- this is Philip Dukes. According to his um, post yesterday, K.J. Bolden said Hugh Freeze told him that they really like Peyton Thorne and they think he can be a very good quarterback with, with improvement of the other players around him. And that's what they're pitching at least to, to guys like K.J. Bolden, who's a five-star.
4: Interesting. Uh, Justin, I don't even you guys having to cover what I think is turned into a soap opera with Holden Gurner, quite honestly.
3: <laughs> it, it's so it's so weird that you know, you get into this point now where it's like if you're not if you're not playing in a couple of years, especially at quarterback, you're just gonna be on the move. Yeah. You know, no matter right. what. So right. you got him, you got Hank Brown, Walker White's coming in. I, I would imagine if I had to guess, you're probably going to see Robbie Astrid somewhere else. But again, Robbie Astrid's already transferred you got to you, the He's graduate know situation that he can graduate if yeah. he wants to stay on this so level it, so a waiver. it's such a it's such a interesting thing but yeah i mean that doesn't surprise me because you know what you just said about uh you know what the pitch is to kj because yeah i mean for auburn right now and we talked about this on our podcast that came out today and it's like there are a lot of these big name quarterbacks in the portal right now your your cam wards your uh Dylan gabriels you know how the the howard will howard those guys they're going to want to go to places that, that right now say, hey, we need you to it's be our yours. quarterbacks. Yeah. We need you to be our quarterback. We think you're the key for us to get in the next level. Here's the thing. Auburn's got an experienced quarterback coming back. And the other thing is Auburn's not a quarterback away from being a contender. Auburn is, Auburn's got to build their roster up. And so if right. you can take that money that you would use in NIL to go get a big-name quarterback and you spread it to everything else – It it might make you a better team. It might not make you the best possible version of yourself for 2024, but I do think this staff is thinking with the big picture in mind because, you know, we talk about the NIL and we think about, okay, how much do you have to give out to transfers? Got to keep in mind, NIL's big with these high school guys as well. And so, like, for Auburn, you would much rather try to invest that money, I think, in a KJ Bolden or somebody else. Than a one-year rental at quarterback, knowing that you already have an experienced quarterback that you could lean on next year, and, 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 I would and just, it's a tough call to make. Right, but it's it's it, it, well, it you've definitely got makes an, sense. You've
0: got an investment right now. Yes, and you're and right. you're you're hoping that uh, that uh, that Peyton Thorn can improve. And, and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna invest that or more in somebody else, boy, you'd better know that you've got to improve.
3: And to Terry's point, to Terry's point, with a guy like Holden Garner, with a guy like Walker White coming up you I think if you're Auburn and you don't take another transfer quarterback this year and you give one more year of Peyton thorn, you are setting it up to turn it over to one of those guys mm-hmm. in the future right The big thing we're about to see and, and my friend and my buddy alex uh, kirchner who who is on split zone duo he he made this point this week these teams that are just constantly getting transfer quarterbacks year in and year out it's a great way to live if you can do it, but like are you developing are you like will you be able to get those really good quarterbacks out of high school moving forward, if this team just knows, if a kid just knows, hey, you're just going to go get the transfer. You're going to go recruit over my head. Yeah, and so why, for all, why
0: would the super high school quarterbacks keep going to, you know, play for Lincoln Riley? The
2: the, yeah, exactly. The point Justin made that I don't think people consider enough when they imagine –
3: Well, Auburn should go get Cam
2: Ward, or Auburn should go
3: get. Let me be clear. I think Auburn's a better team next year if they got a Cam Ward uh, or a Dylan Gabriel. But But is that the best use of their money right now? That's the decision they've got. But what people
2: don't consider is that Cam Ward is in the Cam Ward's looking for the best situation for him as well, and it's not just about money. It's about does Auburn offer him the best chance to win compared to
0: an Oregon or Ohio State? Well, best chance to win, best preparation for the next level. And, it's, it's there, LSU. I mean, there, there are multiple yeah. things. Well, yeah, you got to wonder about – I mean, LSU's losing a lot of guys. That is guys. true. No, I'm just saying there are teams
2: out true. there that on paper might have more than Auburn around the quarterback that, that might be looking yeah. at – especially, what, on the offensive line? Well, well, like, I mean, place, when, you, when, you op, loo- both when you lose lines, both lines a scrimmage. Heisman
0: Trophy quarterback and, and the two best receivers on the team, then the next quarterback coming in is going, all right, who am I throwing to?
3: yeah. And I think you think that's
2: going to be Will Shepard is the answer to that question too for LSU. It could be one of the guys. It could be,
3: and 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 if I'm LSU, I can at least point to any transfer receiver and and say, look look what we did with them. Look what we are wide receiver. You right, you know, and and LSU's got that great track record now. But yeah, I mean, back to uh, like I said, Auburn is more than a quarterback away. Would a quarterback would would getting better at quarterback next season, would upgrading there, would that would that potentially make Auburn a better team in 2024? Yes. Would it make them a better team for 2025 and beyond? Probably not. So, what do you do instead? You take that Could money, they, yeah. and you try to get, you try to flip a KJ Bolton. You try to flip uh, those Florida you defensive, defensive linemen. And and, boy, and howdy! Probably somebody. Florida in the back, the is end as in well. a Florida's mess. losing them right
0: and left.
3: And I and I'm sure and I'm sure we can talk about this later. But if you look at the first few days of the transfer portal and you look at Auburn compared to a lot of other schools that are in Auburn's situation in the SEC, I'm talking Florida, Arkansas, South Carolina, Texas A&M. These teams that aren't super contenders right Vandy. now, but are trying to get up there. Well, definitely Vandy. Yeah. But like trying to be upwardly mobile in this and conference. Look at, look at the departures. Auburn has lost some guys, but they haven't been key contributors. Right. They haven't lost. Starters. And you're and you're and I mean and Auburn's the, and also in recruiting, Auburn's the <laughs> one doing the flipping and not getting flipped on. Mm-hmm. So, I think that says a lot about the health of the program. And I, I think it's off, and the buy yeah and, and the buy-in of the program. You just like. It's a build. It's going to take some patience, and I think at least the players are buying into it, so I think I would encourage fans to kind of feel the same way. This is a build. This is a process. Could you go get a big-name quarterback? Probably
0: a, it looks like it could be a little quicker build.
3: Yeah. Could you buy a big-name quarterback uh, in the in the portal this year and be better next season? Sure. But what do you want to do? You want to be consistently competitive long term and that's going to come through guys like kj bolden and, and and perry thompson and right. camp coleman and those guys we'll get to our bottom
0: of the hour break love for you to join in we're just a quarter of the way done here on the thursday drive
1: ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, uh, before we get back to the phones, let everybody know what you got going there at the Observer.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time. Obviously, we got the uh, got the roster tracker going. So, if you're wanting to keep, keep an eye on everything going on with Auburn in terms of who's coming, who's going, who's visiting, who they've offered, all that, auburnobserver.com. You can get it with a subscription. Uh, you get the roster tracker. Got a ton of stuff this week on football, some stuff over basketball this weekend, mailbag tomorrow, podcast out today. It's a super busy time of year. And uh, yeah, Observer subscription from now to the end of the month, just $5 a month or $50 a year. We're just doing that as a, as a holiday sale and uh, make it a nice, ni- yeah, a, a, an, an easier number to remember, especially for those of you who want to give gift subscriptions, because those are super easy to do this time of year. And uh, like I've told f- people, if you're an Observer subscriber and you give a gift subscription, just... Uh, sh- sh- Send me an email and uh, about it, and uh, you'll get free time added to your account just for bringing somebody oh, into the fold. Oh, so that, that's good. So we're just binders fee. Yeah, yeah, we're just a little doing little a lot of giving this time fee. of year. Little yeah, bonus, just doing little a bonus little, just doing a little giving this time of year. But yeah, albertobserver Ton of stuff. We're putting out stuff every day. And again, that roster tracker. I mean, I put that up last Monday. Uh, and I've probably updated that sucker, you know, nearly 100 times at this point because there's just there's just a lot of movement every day. And I'm on the podcasts. I don't know if if that helps well,
2: sell subscriptions or if we need to
3: give people that's bonus. why the price is dropping. Yeah, yeah. that's why this. Yeah, <laughs> this thing
2: is this thing is going this thing is going into the red. Uh, but no, it's uh, no, it's, it's great to well, do it's the, that. It's uh, that time of year. That's everything, right. Yeah, it yeah, is. Tis 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 the red. The yeah. Yeah. Tis yeah. The season. Yeah. Um, working for Justin's like working for Scrooge. Right? You know, oh the, man! The Cole The, the, coal, the now, we've is not. <laughs> we worked for Scrooge. We worked for Scrooge. Oh, that's what true. Yeah, we about?
0: have worked for Scrooge. Before. No, I, I said. I, I said that in the past tense, folks. All right, 3, 3, Um three two one thirteen ninety. Um, let's get back to the phone. We've got. I've, I've got some numbers we want to get to that were in an, uh, an article today. But Specter is up next. Hey, Specter.
5: Hey guys. Um, you know, once again, we're we're talking about quarterbacks coming in through the portal. Mm -hmm. and why did we hire freeze
3: to develop quarterbacks i'm I'm guessing is your your, well to to
0: to win game to turn to turn auburn into a uh hopefully perennial contender
3: but i think where you're going specter is the track record you freeze has had with quarterbacks especially making them better over time yeah no i agree i agree with you yeah
5: um you know even before we even get to that point he can do his. He can do his development with the quarterbacks that he has now. We got good quarterbacks. Well,
4: I
0: promise you, Specter, uh, that he's trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, well, he shouldn't stop trying. Well, uh, but if you feel
0: like you can get better ones, why and, don't you do that? And too? I do think one of the. I do think one of the
2: answers to your question, Specter, about why was Hugh Freeze hired is also to turn Auburn into a destination for NFL wide receivers for for impact yeah. players at wide receiver, which it does look like he is doing that separately from whether or not Auburn sticks with its current quarterback, or goes and pursues someone else.
5: Yeah, well, I had an alternative method here. You know, no matter what we do with, with receivers, a good that we get getting Cam Coleman coming in and others. But, you know, these quarterbacks and receivers and running backs, they're, they're worthless without an offensive line. And if we're not going after offensive linemen and building that base for these quarterbacks and receivers and running backs to work off of, I mean – it's
0: called winning and losing. Well, I, I think I think they improved the offensive line dramatically this year, Specter. From and, where and they're, they're definitely—I mean—they're pursuing multiple offensive linemen, both in the transfer portal and out of high school. Well, I
2: think, and especially when you consider what Auburn was losing after the 2022 season on the offensive line, for Auburn to be able to go out and get three, four impact transfers plus too tall Miller from junior college to come in. They also got Connor yeah. Liu as a true freshman. I think the most, the most important decision we're going to get at any moment here, and I'd like Justin's thoughts on, um, we're waiting to hear what Dylan Wade is going to do, right? Dylan Wade is somebody who has, does he have another year of, of college eligibility? Oh, yes, he does. It sounds like he's, I mean, he's been talking about the NFL since he arrived at Auburn. Yep. Uh, Jason Caldwell pointed out, if he was allowed to play a season at guard in college football, which is maybe where he's going to play in the NFL, maybe that would entice him to come back. Uh, but but that would be, I, mean, I guess well, that, Marcus Harris is also there. But I would think Dylan Wade's one of the more intriguing, uh, yes, one of the
6: more yes,
5: intriguing guys. Dan, you Dan, you're touching on it That's exactly right because Wade needs to be a guard. He needs to get out of that tackle. He had a hard time this last year at tackle. I, I, and he needs to move back to guard. And, and are we getting an offensive tackle through the portal?
3: They're trying. They've got several. Uh, they had a they had a kid from Indiana visit yesterday. Um, they've got a couple other that they've reached out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly tackles though coming c- coming in through the portal. At least guys at Auburn have has offered uh, to this point. And so yeah, it might be a, a situation where you can mix and match a little bit more, uh, and, and maybe kick a guy like. Uh, uh, Dylan Wade to the inside. I, I do wonder what those guys are going are gonna to do. I think those ones who aren't Senior Bowl invitees um, that I haven't already made that decision. You're Marcus Harris. You're you're Dylan Wade. You're you know you could uh, Revalto Fairweather, uh, Jarquez Hunter, like Keontae Scott. A lot of those guys, I think you're probably going to hear something about them after the bowl game. I think those guys are yeah. going to probably be locked into to play. So it might be a little bit while longer before we know anything about those those dudes. Okay, and I, and I,
5: I'll just. I'll just close by saying this: I just like to hear more talk about our defensive line, offensive line mm-hmm. versus quarterbacks and, and running backs and receivers.
3: And to your point, Specter, in See, the portal, I'm... in the portal right now, to in the portal right now, if you look at the offers that Auburn has made, a lot more offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen, yep. very little not near, not near public. East or concrete knowledge about quarterbacks. A lot of people have said – none running backs. Yeah, and a lot of people have said, oh, well, Auburn and wide receivers too is where they've gone really heavy here recently. You could sit here and say, like, oh, Auburn is probably in the market for a quarterback or Auburn is interested in – and we've heard that for months, Mm -hmm. but nothing's been concrete. Meanwhile, you have a lot of these guys, the Grayson McCalls and Will Howards and Riley Leonard's and Cam Wards and stuff like that. Those guys are going out and making visits and, like – things seem pretty locked in because there's going to be a number of uh, player or teams that are going to come up to him and say hey it's yours here's the keys go for it i don't think auburn's going to be in that position to do that so meanwhile to your point again specter they are going after guys on the line of scrimmage because they need to get better like i said in the last segment auburn's not a quarterback away they are more than a quarterback away and they got to get better especially on that defensive line that was a thin defensive line last year and it's even thinner yeah, and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're losing dudes, especially if Marcus yep. Harris decides to go go to the league, which Tune would make por- sense Tune for Two into the
0: portal, a couple that have run out of eligibility. So, yes, they they need some help there. And they're now, recruiting
3: pretty well there, but they need they need some yeah. guys who can go in and play right away.
2: Maybe it's the uh, ABBA fan in me, but I would love to see Auburn come away with Fernando, the uh, the uh, San Jose Carmona. State. Yeah, Fernando, the uh, the San Jose yeah, State. He's a tackle. Offensive tackle, 6'5", uh, 314 pounds, played a lot of group of five football on the offensive line uh, at, at tackle. Uh, would not be yeah, surprised. Bedford's
0: a six six three ten guy that's played tackle and guard. That was in from. Uh, I, I guess he guess he left today. He's been in town the so, last couple of days. Now, the other thing is, don't forget about Tyler Johnson, who redshirted this past year. I think the coaching staff really th- really likes his potential, and he's a tackle too. So I mean. You don't want to forget about the young guys who didn't play or John- didn't play much at all. Johnson and Senda
2: both seem like guys who they seem more it, inside guys, it, but guys who could, could maybe get some snaps in the bowl game or at least oh, yeah, could, could benefit from the right. bowl practice. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are a couple of offensive. Lines. I'd
0: say you know you got Muskie and and Dylan Cinda and yeah you, Connor you, you've, Lou. You've got a few guys. By the way, Auburn's in much better shape on the offense. By the way, Auburn, than we ever thought they'd be a year Auburn ago. Auburn
3: getting three uh, freshmen on the All SEC or All Freshman team. That is, Lou, most, that is the most. Is the most they've had since 07 – and to tell you how far back ago that was, the last time Auburn had this many uh, all-freshman picks, Zach Etheridge was one of them. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, yeah. so that that yeah, uh, that uh, that two of the guys you.
0: were flipped by by Hugh Freeze this past year. Yep. As Alex McPherson and then Connor Liu, and Connor Lou was committed to Miami,
3: mm-hmm. and then uh, um, Falk uh, Keldrick Falk was Keldrick.
0: Yeah, I couldn't think of his first name. W- was from flipped Florida. from
3: Florida State. The Island Yeah. Home, yeah. And uh, I mean. You could have made an argument that K Lee could have gotten on that list this year. Now, Cain did not finish the year as a starter. He right. was the third guy for most of the season, and there was that, it was a really fantastic year for young defensive backs in the SEC, and especially with Caleb Downs at Alabama, who looks like he might just be this world destroyer oh, there well, uh, for I mean, a while. Um, they're,
0: they're they're pretty good at spotting talent again. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh,
3: but uh, but yeah, it's just really. I mean, again, we talk about it for the future, um, and like I said, like I said, like. Go get better at quarterback. Sure, it could make you a better team next year. It could get fans more excited. That would be one play to do it. I just don't like – Auburn is trying to build something bigger. And, yes, quarterback's the most imp- important position on the roster, but it ain't the only one. And I think Auburn has already shown with this recruiting class, with last year's recruiting class, they're trying to round it out and try to make this a consistent contending team mm-hmm. more than just – Trying to build
0: and have multiple classes, not just – yeah. Uh, you know, newcomers that are coming in every year that only have a year or so. I wanted to pass along something. I got a call earlier today. Now, we talked about Keontae Scott a little yesterday, Dan. And uh, I know I said that, you know, I think uh, everyone's waiting for an announcement from Keontae. I got a call from South Alabama this morning saying that I think uh, Jim Nagy, the uh, director of the Senior Bowl, was on the air in Mobile this morning and said that, and I hope I'm not, you know, Bursting in anybody's bubble or balloon or anything, but he said that Keontae Scott had declined his Senior Bowl invitation. So that's what that's what a caller and told it's, me this morning.
3: And it's really but, fascinating to think about what Keontae Scott could do. You know, could Auburn back, move him to play outside yeah, come corner? Come back and bring
0: him, let him play corner and show what he can do there. Him and Kay
3: and yeah. Lee is a good combo next year. Mm-hmm. You you've got you know you got a guy in Sylvester Smith who got some reps this year at nickel. You've obviously Caleb Woodson's played some nickel. You can move. They have. Um, two of the guys they've gone after, or they've at least given offers to, in the portal here these last 24, 48 hours or so, two Oregon State transfers um, right. that are really versatile and really good. One of them
0: safety and a linebacker,
2: right?
3: Uh, they had another, they had a corner. Uh, uh, I think it's two, to, I think it's
0: two Oregon State defensive backs.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: one of them, one of them was a true. Oh, freshman. that's right,
0: that's right. One of them's brothers a linebacker. Yeah.
3: Right. One of them's a true freshman who played in every game and played pretty well this season for Oregon State. Another one will be a six-year guy next year who's played some of everything on the back end. So, yeah, I mean, I I can see, and I wrote about this earlier this week at The Observer, it's hard – it can be hard to remember this sometimes because only a couple of them really got to play this season. But you got to keep in mind, last year – Auburn
0: brought in a lot of defensive backs. It's
3: the highest-rated defensive back class Auburn has ever had. They had five guys in that DB room last year that were – were blue chip players coming out of high school three more uh on top of it as well it's a deep deep group freeze has already talked about wanting to turn those guys loose in bowl season so i think it's kind of like how i feel about wide receiver too for auburn where it's like yeah you've got real talent coming in those dudes are going to play right away and i think auburn's got real talent right now that are that's young at db and they can play in 2024 but you don't want to have to put it all on the kids. So if you can be selective, get a transfer or two in the DB room, in the wide receiver room, move some pieces around, you know, uh, you'd be in a really good balanced position for the future.
2: We talked about with uh, – well, we got to take a break. But we, we talked about with, uh, with, with with Crime Dog before the season started, the idea that if something happened to Nehemiah or DJ, they were very comfortable with Keontae's ability mm-hmm. outside. Jason brought up the point yesterday of Keontae and what the way he would benefit his NFL draft stock would benefit right. from playing a season as an outside corner, uh, and that, along with NIL, could be enough to keep him uh, keep him around for another season. Especially if he
0: thinks it's going to be a, a bigger season uh, than this one was. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Dan, hang on. You're up. When we come back here on the Thursday Drive
1: at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
0: welcome back into the drive here on this thursday late afternoon let's get right back to the drive hotline and dan is up next hey dan
4: hey guys how y'all doing
0: doing all right happy holidays to you dan
4: I appreciate it. Um, One thing I think, if if you're bringing in such a talented but young receiving core, I think you'd prefer to have, at least at the quarterback position, a very experienced guy. If if you bring in somebody else from the outside and they're having to learn the whole system and everything, it's going to take that much longer for those younger guys to get on the field at receiver. And I think those are game-changer kind of guys that you want to get in as fast as possible.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Point. I think I it's a great point, and I think I think what you know I know y'all have talked about it. Um, what gets overlooked a, a good bit is that Peyton Thorn was not here in the spring, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some more of that time to really dig into this playbook, get into that system, and you know he knows
0: t- what he knows what Hugh Freeze wants. I'm
3: going to say that yeah, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be very quick to say I am not calling. You know, Peyton Thorne is going to be a Heisman contender next year. But look how many guys who were in the Heisman race, look how many really good quarterbacks there were in college football this year that were transfer quarterbacks who were in their second year at their new school or they were in a later year at their new school. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, um, you know, uh, Dylan Gabriel was there for a minute. Uh, I'm, I'm Jaden Daniels, obviously, who's going to win the thing. Um, f- you know – everybody wants a super experienced quarterback in the portal. Auburn's already got one. And if you can think, Hey, upgrade the talent around him and turn him loose. Maybe he'll be able to take that step forward. I, I think it's, I think it's a good move. Um, you know, it, it might be the smartest move for your money, but yeah, like, like you said, having that experience would be really key because you've got a quarterback who already knows what to do. And then you can spend that time getting your wide receivers up to speed for sure.
4: Um. One more question on that of the receivers. Let's assume that they all sign. That we hope they do. Um, do you know uh, how quickly that they'll be in? I mean, do we know like like a Cam Coleman or that?
0: Cam's an early enrollee. I
3: think. I think is Perry. I don't think Perry is. I can't remember if Perry is. And then obviously. Obviously, you know, you don't want to – it's all speculation at this point, but Ryan Williams – if Ryan Williams reclassifies a 24 and Auburn has a shot to flip him, he will not make that decision until, until February it looks like. No, so, he wouldn't
0: sign until February. Yeah,
3: I think that Bryce Kane's an early enrollee I as well.
0: I think he is as well. I think, I think those are the two. I think yeah. Cam and Bryce are the two. That are early enrollees. Yeah,
3: so it'll be it'll be really good for for you know especially Cam to get him you know mm-hmm. uh, early because he he looks like he's you know if anybody watched him last night or just seen the numbers this year it's just it's pretty ridiculous what he can do already as a, as a young guy.
4: Yeah, I've been watching his video multiple times. I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just he just might to be think one or, of the. Yeah, just just to he think might that, be one of the most talented guys we've ever recruited at receiver. So, could you know.
3: Could uh, could be could be the guy. People uh, have
0: been watching it a long time, calling freakish. I mean, say that. Uh, and, and again, he's he's very young. He's a year younger than most seniors are, and then graduating early.
3: I just the thing that stands out to me a ton about Cam Coleman is you know he's bigger and faster than a lot of people, which you see in college. His ability to track the ball, his ball skills. Mm-hmm. It's not very many guys can not. There aren't very many guys in high school, 7A high school football. Who you can be like, just throw it up to him. It doesn't matter if he's got two guys on him. It doesn't matter if he's got one guy hanging off his back. He's going to probably come down with it, and that's that's pretty special. Appreciate
0: the call, Dan. Yep. So a central winning in the 3A game today. Mobile Christian. Oh, well, they, their coach, by the way, may be familiar to a few folks. Yeah, we were Ronnie talking about that Conchal, today. Yeah, we. Were, the, uh, the
3: they, they got, the got some Mobile Messi's.
0: Christian coach. They spanked Madison Academy 55 to 28.
3: And uh, they got some dudes. They yeah, got some they SEC do. dudes on that team. Stick
0: with us for hour number two. Experience production.
1: Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama.
0: Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, uh, and yes, uh, we're, we're we're having fun here, talking football, basketball. We will uh, we're gonna check in with David Paschal, who yeah I mean I've gotten all messed up on days. I mean folks have different things going on, schedules have to be arranged. We've had David on on a Wednesday and a Friday, but Thursdays have been the days. We generally have him on. During football and football season, the the regular season is done, but we haven't talked to David since the um, college football playoff have been set and bowls and conference championships and the transfer portal opening. There is plenty going on. So we're looking forward to uh talking with him here momentarily. What uh, you got?
3: Just a quick, I mean, this isn't breaking news or anything. Oh, I thought it's not play the something music. Huge. Yeah. No. Um but it but it's something relevant to what we've been talking about. Um I hope I'm pronouncing this kid's name correctly. Uh Gerquan Jerquan Scott. Oh, uh, the, the offensive lineman. Offensive sub submiss. He will be visiting Auburn this weekend. He just tweeted. Uh he's okay. got his official visit. So that's a that's another offensive lineman Auburn's trying to bring in. Uh, through the transfer portal. They've had five or six guys already offered.
0: And this uh, will be at least the second one to visit.
3: Yeah, Matthew Bedford visiting this the, this week as well. So, Auburn making a ton of moves trying to get into offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, and DB. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they have made a ton of offers. They had some guys elsewhere. I mean, uh, uh, Chris Paul, Jr., uh, who I think Ole Miss is really high on right, right. now. But it's a really – But he re- really is
0: the only linebacker we've really heard auburn uh going after no backs far.
3: no backs at this point and and, mm-hmm. and uh you know you've got you've got a lot you got a lot uh that you need to rebuild and 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 fill up on the offensive line the defensive line and, and like i said you don't need to completely change your offensive line like you did last year but you could use one or two guys there to to help strengthen that group and 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 maybe push some of the returning guys around too a little bit appreciate the update there uh Justin, we will get to the drive hotline
0: presented by Skybar. Welcome in our regular Thursday guest here early on in hour number two, and that of course, David Paschal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and Press Row there on ESPN Chattanooga. David, how you doing today?
7: I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing well.
0: Yeah, just uh, it it is. I, I nearly need. I need some analysts to be keeping up with all the. Uh, all, all the players that are entering the transfer portal and where they're considering and things like that—it's this is wild, isn't it?
7: Yeah, you go from Georgia quarterback Brock Vandegrift to Kentucky quarterback Brock Vandegrift in just hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, that—that that tells me that you know a lot of these guys had an idea where they where they wanted to go, and if they had the opportunity, they would head there. For some of the others, uh, it'll it'll take a while longer.
7: You know, and there's such a—you know—I heard y'all talking about the portal, and and there's. You know, some of these things do have perception deals attached to it. And you think about, like, Trevor Etienne, and, I mean, everybody up here in Tennessee is quite familiar with Etienne running all over the Vols Mm -hmm. in in September in the swamp. And, you know, the guy had a nice average yards per carry and, you know, didn't hit 1,000 but still had a good season. And, you know, for him to lead, it just kind of sends another message that the Napier rebuilding chore at Florida is just – it's amazing how difficult he's having as far as trying to get that thing going. I mean, I would have never imagined them being 11 and 14 after two seasons.
2: And and, and I saw yeah, stories about some of the recruits the last couple – I mean, ETN, maybe the most the most prominent one, but some of the, the recruits he's brought in, which has been you – know, for, for folks who are, are preaching optimism on the Billy Napier thing – they, they looked at how he's been able to recruit some of those recruits he are starting to taming
7: taming yeah, well.
3: guys yeah uh
7: yeah it's uh you look at their schedule next year they've got they've got 10 teams from power five conferences that are going to be coming off of bowl games So 10 of their 12
0: <laughs> oh, oh,
5: man.
7: Teams will be power five opponents coming off of bowl games they've got you know they've got fsu they've got miami and they've got ucf in addition to you know and we're all starting to see it i think 24 7 leaked out georgia's schedule and you think about georgia you know playing texas and bama and auburn and tennessee and ole miss and Clemson, I mean, it's like, you know, out of, out of 12 games, because Georgia typically, you know, especially this year, even though they had the excuse with Oklahoma, you know, in the league asking them out of that game, but, you know, you're going to see that with these teams now having, having seven, eight good games next year, but Florida's got like 10 incredible games, and, and for a program that, like I said, is 11 and 14 the past two years and still trying to get a foothold on some talent.
3: Yeah, David. I made this point earlier uh, today, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because you're, you know, keep an eye on the SEC as at, at large. When you look at Auburn and you look at you know the the teams in the SEC that aren't quite contenders right now and are in some sort of building process like a Florida, you look at how the transfer portal and seeing teams that you know guys at Florida leave A and M obviously South Carolina's gotten some, Arkansas's gotten some as well. I mean. I think if you're Auburn you you feel pretty good about the fact that so far in the portal you're not losing a ton and I, I guess that I, I think that would speak to kind of the health of of the rebuild and how Auburn might be in a much different spot than they were two years ago when there was an exodus after year one with Brian Harson.
7: And I thought you were touching on something before I came on that was interesting. I've read, you know, it seems like a lot of national outlets are doing stories on Colorado. I mean obviously that was the you know, in program in September, and they kind of fell off. And, of course, if you watched Colorado, and I think everybody at some point did, you know, their offensive line was just so dreadful. And you were talking about the offensive linemen, and I was reading a piece on ESPN, and they were talking about offensive linemen in the portal are kind of the biggest – Risk. I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't know. You know, a lot of them get in there because they weren't playing. Uh, you know, Tennessee's highest recruit in the twenty twenty two cycle, a guy named Addison Nichols, hopped in the portal a couple of days ago. Um, you know, he just he he couldn't crack that starting lineup. That's just kind of you know. In this article, they were quoting anonymous Pac twelve coaches, and I thought it was interesting because they said if you if you try to build too much on your offensive line through the portal, you're making a huge mistake because a lot of these guys yeah. are overvalued. And, and so I thought that was just kind of interesting. That seems to be more than any other position, uh, you know, just your real under-a-microscope type thing. You just don't know if these guys are going to be that good. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see how some of these offensive linemen mm-hmm, in the portal mm-hmm. pan out at these different locations. They got yeah.
3: that, that kid from Texas A&M who played a lot last year as a true freshman and was a really good recruit. I I, I made the joke yesterday. He's going to be able to name his price because he's one of the few guys a in the proven portal. commodity. That's the thing. Proven is finding proven guys? commodities there on the
0: offensive if line. Power- Just because somebody was a four or five star, a highly rated player, yeah.
3: if they haven't played. You're taking a big gamble, and if you're a Power Five guy who is transferred on the offensive line, you you probably haven't like you're staying put, like because because right. teams are making it very valuable. And like you like you were saying, David, like you want to develop on the offensive line, you want to retain talent because that is the one position group more than anything else where cohesiveness and continuity matters a ton. So you're going to fight really really hard to keep those guys at home. Talking with David Paschal, yeah. from, go go ahead, David.
7: No, I was just going to say up the road in Knoxville, I mean, a lot of their hopes for next year because Tennessee had a weird roster this year where they had more than 30 seniors and more than 30 freshmen. They had very little in between because that last class that that Jeremy Pruitt assembled just kind of blew up. Uh, And so it's an interesting dynamic because I think Tennessee's fortunes are just kind of waiting on some of these decisions. I think Cooper Mays, uh, Cade Mays' younger brother, I think he stays and uses the COVID year. Uh, Javante Spraggan's a nice guard for them, if he comes back, that obviously helps. And then they've already received word from John Campbell, who played five years at Miami. He redshirted in 18 and was a medical in 21, uh, played this past season at Tennessee and was the starting left tackle. Well, he announced through a video the other day that he's coming back. So that's the other dynamic is you've got guys that are playing seven years of college football still for a little bit longer. So it's just a really weird deal. But yeah, I think Tennessee's fortunes depend on how many of these guys use super senior. uh, And I don't even know what a super senior season is anymore because Sometimes it could be fifth, sixth, or in some cases, a seventh year of college football.
0: Yeah, that, that is crazy. Uh, all right, since the last time we talked, the uh, championship weekend, and there were, there were a couple of games that didn't go the way that at least the oddsmakers saw it, and we have the college football playoff set. David, do you think they got it right?
7: I mean, if, the, if, if you just go subjectivity and eye test, Uh, then I I can see those four teams, but if you go, if you use the logic of of Florida State can't compete with a second or third string quarterback, and you just, they struggled to get first downs in Charlotte against Louisville, I understand that. My logic would be, why was Georgia not ahead of FSU? If you're going on the eye test, and you think that Bama can beat FSU head-to-head, and of course, you know, the Orange Bowl came out, and Georgia was instantly a two-touchdown favorite, Uh, but I mean, if, if you're going by who the four best teams are, and you throw in that, and see, I've hated the committee forever. I yeah. mean, I, you know, and part of that's bias. I used to be on the Harris poll that helped determine the two teams that played in the BCS, but I liked having I, I I always uh revealed my vote every week i i like knowing what the computers thought you could see it i mean i just hate the subjectivity of 13 committee members and you don't know what they're thinking and they they unleash these terms like game control that we learned two or three years ago and stuff like that so uh i just i've, I've never liked the whole committee deal of it but uh, you know if you go by the eye test then then florida state shouldn't it's just I know that when I voted, I was huge on resume. And, you know, if you win all your games in a Power Five conference and you schedule LSU and Florida outside your league, and, you know, they they start throwing up the, the schedule strength and how FSU's hurt, and I'm like, is it really FSU's fault that Clemson, Miami, and Florida all stink compared to how they typically do? So I feel for Florida State, goodness gracious, as a graduate of Auburn, everybody knows how Auburn felt. In 2004, when you do everything you're supposed to do and you still don't, but if you go by the eye test, and they kept saying it's going to be the four best teams, not the four most deserving, then, then I, you know, I certainly think either Alabama or Georgia, you know, should be in there. And I, I totally get the logic. Alabama lost to Texas, and Alabama beat Georgia, so it's easy to peg it: Texas, Bama, Georgia. Um, but yeah, it's I, I get I I feel Florida State's pain for sure.
0: Don't you think, at least I do, that if uh, Alabama, I mean, excuse me, if Georgia had beaten Alabama that Florida State's in, I think you've got the four unbeaten Power Five champs.
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and there is a hypocrisy to that for sure. Um, but, yes, I think they, they're they looking for the nice and neat thing, and the nice and neat thing uh, was to just kind of say, hey, you know, we got to have Texas in there over Bama, uh, you know, but let's get those two in there. And and you know geographically this is certainly the most appealing you know you've got you know four heavyweights and from different parts of the country but I mean yeah if I'm a, if I'm FSU I'm I'm if I'm, and if I'm the ACC I'm hot too it is kind of wild that the the chair of the whole selection committee is an ACC athletic director
5: and,
2: and you can't I mean you can't imagine this when you're scheduling these type of games that it's going to come down to a it's going to be the tiebreaker or the head to head could be an extremely important. In, in deciding who gets into the playoff. But I can't help but wonder, David, if another Big 12 team were sitting there at 12-1, and not the Big 12 team that went to Alabama and won, but someone else from that league, Texas Tech or Baylor, or Iowa State, or one of the new teams that joined the league. I can't help but wonder if 12-1 Georgia makes the playoff instead of that Big 12 champion.
7: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, and, I mean, you talk about the whole injury to Jordan Travis, which does stink, but, I mean, if you're talking about, a, you know, if George is in that situation or Bama or Michigan, I mean, they're going to be fine. I mean, it's just going to be a mild storyline that people talk about. It would never shift the dynamic the way Travis going down shifted this thing.
0: No, you're right. David, we probably don't have time to really get into this, but I've got to get your thoughts from the from the comments from Charlie Baker, uh, I mean that that could just completely change the landscape of the NCAA, at least as regarding football.
7: Yeah, I mean it's just um, yeah, I I mean there's just been there's so much to frustrate you with the way the sport is heading and and. I mean, just the the rankings alone, the fact that 12 of the top 13 in the final uh, CFP standings are all going to be in the same two leagues next year the SEC and Big Ten. You know, and now you're going to have this, what, this third division that's just going to be totally. I mean, so it's, I mean, it is absolutely announcing to the world. Bye-bye have-nots. I have no idea. And and it, it just the, – the trickle-down effect is going to be phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. I think about living in Chattanooga in a school like UTC. Uh, because UTC has less overhead than a lot of group of five schools, are they going to be in a better situation? I mean, I, you just wonder if these teams in this upper tier uh, are just going to play one another – what this means is a shakedown effect for everybody else. I, I just have no idea what a Middle Tennessee, heck, I have no idea what a Vanderbilt or an Iowa State's going to look like here no, in a right. few years.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it is crazy. Well, it's uh, there's definitely plenty uh, to for, for everybody to be following and talking about, and for you to be writing about. Uh, we we uh, again, we really appreciate you joining us uh, each week. We'll, We'll check back with you a couple of more times before the bowls, if that's all right.
7: That sounds great. And and listen, if Justin's ever going to go to Boone again, he needs to pull out a W.
3: You know, know, that was such a wild atmosphere. I'm glad I made that trip. But, like, we were talking about it uh, the other day. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a game quite like that again because how many times do you get a power team like Auburn going to a mid-major like App State and just – letting them really just, like, letting them say, hey, this is going to be the biggest game you've ever played in this building. Let it rip. I mean, it's, it, it was such a special, special time.
2: How about this, David? That, that weekend, Auburn goes to App State men's basketball and loses. Florida in women's basketball goes to Marshall and loses. And uh, Ole Miss, who was in the top 25 in women's basketball, they go to Southern Miss and lose. Big weekend for the Sun Belt three victories over visiting sec teams in the same weekend james madison in the top 25 in men's basketball as well they've already picked up a couple of big wins but that's a uh, it was a nice weekend for the league
7: yes it was and you think about it, you know on the flip side the sec and the men's side cuz auburn wasn't the only team to go down i mean no. kentucky you know, UNC Wilmington—that was a—that was a stunner. But the Auburn game did surprise me, especially if you watched it out of the tip. Because I mean, you know, Justin's there, but that thing was what seventeen to eight Auburn out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You're just like, this is looking pretty strong for Auburn. But then the 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 shooting woes that plagued them so often last year. I mean that. I saw Justin last year up in Knoxville that 46-43 brickfest will <laughs> never be able to etch out of our minds there and and Auburn just went straight back into that mode uh, you know, and I guess every team will have that. It just seemed like Auburn was displaying uh, the ability to avoid those kind of just dreadful shooting nights. But they had one the other afternoon, for sure.
0: Yeah, they, they've got it. They've got to get that straightened out. They should, but, I mean, that's why they'll have to play them. David, really appreciate you joining us. Let everybody know how they can follow everything you do.
7: TimesFreePress.com and ESPNChattanooga.com.
0: All right, David. Have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
7: That sounds great. You guys
0: take care. All right, David Pascal joining us as he does on Thursdays. We'll get to our first break. Don't forget Tiger Takes coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dylan Cardwell uh, will be joining us, so uh, stick with us here on the Thursday Drive.
1: Be a part of The Drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the Drive at espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive here on. I love that song. Yeah. I can't, I can't. Yeah. Whatever. We're, I we're
3: completely lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we we're talking. We're talking like late seventies, early eighties music. Yeah. Join the club. Join the club. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, let. Speaking of late seventies, early eighties, let's get. Let's get to the uh, phones and uh, welcome in Tex. How's that for a segue, Tex?
6: Uh, I'm not seventy or eighty.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, but no, but you, but you're familiar with the music from, from that period.
6: Oh, uh, uh, that's my favorite. The '70s. I like the '70s better than the '80s overall. Uh, there's some great music that still plays today uh, from the '70s. That's the only reason I have Sirius Radio, Channel Seven and Channel Eight. Uh, well, that now that we have SEC, that I can catch baseball even during the
0: spring. So I
6: heard you earlier today, Bill. Uh, I didn't realize he would call me out on the radio, uh, for, for Oh, Oh, oh Doug. For... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so Doug, Doug yeah. asked me, I'm <laughs> on with Doug for a little bit today. And he asked me, do I know a guy named Tex that's looking for, looking for a copy of the, uh, uh, the Jeff Miller book about the 72 amazons.
6: Well, he was nice enough to set this thing up to where you didn't have to be in Montgomery tomorrow and I'm not going to be in Montgomery tomorrow. So, uh, I sent it in and said, "By the way, I know Bill Cameron." I didn't know he was going to just you
3: know, <laughs>
5: throw
6: it out there in, on the radio. Yeah. So. I feel, I feel like if you uh, say, hey,
3: "I know Bill Cameron," it gets you a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things around here, or just uh, in general. It Look, get you in trouble too. Hey,
6: yeah. <laughs> I've got a picture of him that get him in trouble. He, he was uh, looked looked what, a little bit the shady the behind the picture of my wife. Yeah,
0: yeah I thought that's one that's, one, that's one, that's one of the that's one of the better <laughs> pictures of me that I've ever seen. <laughs>
6: My wife is standing between me and Bill and and he's got this look like you'd see in the post office. And, well, uh, I was I was looking at my I was looking
0: at my wife who was over there on the, out of the picture. It looks like Texas You said it looks like, it looks like someone's it looks like someone's it does last not looked like anything you'd see in the post office.
2: Tex, It looks it looks like someone's last known photograph. Is that send, what you're saying?
0: Send,
6: send that yeah, picture. Exactly. I'm show
0: send me that picture. I'll show it to the guys. I, I don't know if I've got it on my yeah, phone. Yeah. Have
6: you seen this man before? No, no, no. Um, we we, way, we had we
0: had some of those. We did that with another guy.
6: You know, uh, my Cindy does not like that picture because that was the perm days. Oh yes, you're right about that. Thirty-five years. She does not like that picture. So uh anyway. Uh so I was listening to the discussion. Uh Dan, am um, congratulations, your conference uh, won the, the first weekend of December. Uh oh, I'm not it, it's I'm not <laughs> suggesting
2: no. and, and, and the Trojans hey and Trojans did not the Trojans could not carry it over in Georgia yesterday either. It was just a big <laughs> so,
5: big win for the league.
2: <laughs>
6: That's that's like 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 the Indiana guys won the dog pile when they beat Auburn in early season in February. Uh so in baseball last year. Anyway, uh the discussion about the of uh, the 12 of the top teams will both be in the same, in two leagues or the top 12 teams will be in two leagues next year. I've long felt that sooner or later uh, because of what actually drives sports today, which is money, mm-hmm. there will be five or six 10-team conferences, and we will all tell the, S- the uh, NCAA to go put it where the NCAA ought to put it and form their own governing body and take all the major television companies with them and have all the contracts. And if you're worried about the haves and the have-nots, if the NCAA pushes too hard, especially on this tax that they want to initiate, if you want to split off for football, you are going to get that. And when you get it, it's going to be difficult to overcome because when the top 60, if they all go together, it's going to be very, very difficult for anything outside of that top 60 for football. Mm-hmm. And will generate enough money to to carry the rest of your athletic programs. So it's it, – I. I think they're making a big mistake if the NCAA allows that to happen because all that's going to do is push them out the door.
2: Texas, did you say ha, what were your what were your numbers on how many leagues you think there there will be because that was uh, the I'd only
6: six, I've always thought there'd be either 5 10 team leagues or 6 10 team leagues. So, I'll go with 60. See, I like I like 4
0: do... 16
2: team leagues. Cuz cuz I do think the one the one thing to consider about I guess the one men's basketball league where even if NIL, because a lot of this is football, maybe the Big East would still want to play in an NIL league with, with with the men's basketball talent that those you know places like Georgetown. Yeah, well, the NCAA is, is and, all for that, but they they yeah. would
0: they would maintain yeah. control over basketball. But
2: the uh, yeah. no, yeah, I would I would think that a if anything, maybe the number would be smaller of, of teams and leagues. Forty eight. You could do into, four. How
0: about 4-12 team?
3: I like I like Texas idea yeah. of, of ten teams because you can play a true round robin and like have and not have true. to worry. Yep, about like right. I well, lo- well, I, I've had, always been a 12, big fan of that. Yeah,
0: twelve you could and you, you just could play, also you do just that play too. one yeah. out of the out of those.
3: Yeah, yeah.
6: I, I I said ten because that'll give you nine games and then you could play right. three cross you know division. Well, however you set it up, conferences or whatever. And I'm telling you, when I say those schools. These are going to be football
0: schools. I'm wondering, yeah. Tex, if you if you could come up with 60 schools that would be willing to say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, make sure we keep at least well, six million dollars in that war chest." It sounds like what should have happened, you know, years ago, where the
2: five conferences probably should have tried negotiating with the TV networks as as a unified front instead of, well, the sec is going to make a deal with CBS mm-hmm. and the big 10 is going to make a deal with Fox because that incentivized te- uh, leagues to start making their own league, the best football league it could be. The ACC poaches Miami and Virginia tech. The big 10 goes and gets USC and UCLA. The, the sec brings in uh, Texas and Oklahoma and, and Texas A&M and Missouri before that. And I, I think it, it, it sort of encourages leagues to, Poach the best teams from each other and and concede into or, or get smart, contract into uh, in, into three or four power conferences instead of the five mm-hmm. that make sense geographically. Tex.
6: Well, and, and I know nothing makes sense geographically anymore,
5: so
6: <laughs> I think that's off the table. Uh, everybody's trying to outbid the other to bring in the next best team. The, I, I'm telling, I really believe. It's not too, we're not too far away from Clemson and, and Florida State moving either.
0: No, I don't I, know where they're going.
6: Nope, you're right. Too they're looking. Yep.
0: Appreciate yeah, it, so, Tex.
6: And it's, all right, bud. Take care.
0: Yeah, we got to get to our bottom of the hour break because Tiger Takes with Dylan Cardwell coming up on the other side. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive
1: or 321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, and uh, we're, we're efforting Dylan Cardwell of the Auburn uh, Basketball uh, team who the Tigers take on Indiana on Saturday. Justin, while we're uh, while we're trying to get in touch with Dylan uh, again, we talked about this early on. But for folks that weren't with us, yeah. this is a this should be a physical challenge for Auburn.
3: Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen Indiana play basketball this year, it's about as old school as they as as you get. They are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in college basketball this year. They also take some of the fewest in college basketball. Their three-point rate is among the very lowest in the country. This is an old-school team. They've got two two big men up front that they really, really like. Khalil Ware, uh, former uh, Oregon uh, player, is off to a great start this year. Indiana, they've also got uh, – uh, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, but Regno, um, a, a skillful power forward um, that kind of plays a lot similarly to Jani Broome, but he is their four instead of their five, so that tells you what kind of lineup – they they run. It's going to be a lot of inside game. It's going to be a lot of you know work, hard work around the basket. Auburn's front line is going to get really tested this year or in this matchup. And you know, if, uh, obviously, if uh, if you're able to get in touch with Dylan for this this segment, um, you know he it's going to be a big game for him. It's going to be a big game for Janai, Jalen Williams, uh, you know, Cheney Johnson. But for Auburn, I think you're playing a team that is not comfortable. Shooting threes, uh, and, and and they want to make it a they want to make it a fight. They want to make it a brawl down low. Uh, so for Auburn, uh, can they stretch the floor? Can they space it out? Can and can that defense hold up against a team that is? I mean, I don't know if there's going. I don't know if Auburn's going to play a team. Bruce said this today. I don't know if there's going to be a team Auburn plays this year that plays quite like Indiana. This is for a modern college basketball team. They do not do a lot of modern stuff, but they're very effective. Only lost one game all year, and the only game they lost is UConn, who. Might be the best team in the country.
2: Do, do the numbers tell you there's a big difference stylistically between the the pace these two want these two teams want to play at? Like, does Indiana's
3: Auburn? comfortable playing a decent pace. Now okay. they 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 are naturally slower on offense because they do a lot of post action. So they're gonna they're gonna post up. They are gonna put the guys back to the basket and let them go to work there. So they're not a team that runs and guns as much as Auburn. I think Auburn could benefit from speeding this game up a little bit. I'm also interested in seeing if Auburn tries to play a little smaller at times or, or maybe you know tries to push the pace a little bit more to try to get Indiana's big guys out and running a little bit. This is one of the tallest teams in the country, period. I think they're the fifth tallest team in so, America. So
2: Indiana scored 89 points against Harvard a couple of weeks ago. And in that game, they had 50 points in the paint and four three-pointers, which yeah. does, does beg the question, where'd those other points come from? Yeah, right? free throw line. Like, they, I mean, they are... They were they were somewhat at a the thirteen. They, yeah, they're, they're, they good shoot, at, they're good at they're good drawing get,
0: fouls inside.
3: Yeah, they get to the line and they convert at the line. And that's one of the areas where Auburn on both ends of the floor have not they have they haven't won the free throw battle very consistently. So it's a big game. I mean Jani Broom's playing good basketball right now. You you have got some good play out of Dillon here in recent in recent games. Obviously Jalen and, and, and Cheney are a good you know, matchup at the four but uh, yeah, uh, I think Bruce said it today. Hey, I got ten fouls with my centers. <laughs> I yeah. might have to use all of them. Yeah, that's in this something. One.
0: Yeah, it it it'll be fun. Hopefully, we can uh, get in touch with Dylan because I mean, um, he's going to be counted on yeah. big time on Saturday and and uh, you know expected to get in there and mix it up against those guys. And
3: this is a game where you're just going to have to defend this team a lot differently, than you play everybody else. You look at Auburn's defense and and a lot of the a lot of the principles and a lot of the style they like to run on defense. Uh, Indiana is just a different animal. And, and you know, I, I, I'm very interested to see how Auburn's going to try to slow him down. Because, again, you know, what do you do? What do you do against teams with, with good big men, right? You collapse, you, you bring extra men, you clog the paint a little bit more, and you usually are worried about the kickouts, right? You know, that's, that's the thing that Jedi has mm-hmm. done a really good job kick out, shoot three. Indiana doesn't really care about kicking out. Like, they will at times. Like, if you leave them wide open, they will take it. But this is a team, last two games, Indiana has gone three for nine from deep. They've won both of those games easily. Combined? Yeah. Not easily, but uh, one of them easily. The other one, they, they had a fight to get that one. But, yeah, no, three of nine in both games. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, three of nine say, and three of nine.
0: That's really extreme if yeah. they'd only taken nine but threes in two still games. Still just 18. Still nine a game. Yeah,
3: 18 in uh, two Aub- games. Auburn,
0: that's that's uh, that's a low half
3: for <laughs> Auburn. <laughs> Sometimes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I do like the way this this Auburn team matches up if they hang tough in the paint, right if they if they do a good job of defending without like yeah that, that that's that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. defending without fouling and auburn and I know fans
0: you know always feel like the officials have it in for Auburn, sure, but I mean I think it, at times you've just, got
3: you've got to you've react got an aggressive to how the games hand, being called yeah, you've got an aggressive and handsy defense, and sometimes teams use that to 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 their own advantage um. I do like this matchup though for Auburn. The, the way Auburn's played defensively, um, you know, is good when you're going up against a, a good. I will say this, a good, but a very one-dimensional offense for Indiana. Now, their big men are about as good as you can get in in the Big 10. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but, you know, I think Indiana's only had one game this year where they've even shot the ball relatively decently from from mm. deep, so you know if you're Auburn can you come in can you hit the shots can you hit your threes and can you kind of play it play this game at at your own style because Indiana would love to come in and just play I mean they play bully ball it's old school Mike Woodson um played in Indiana uh, and these teams look a lot like it's old teams back when he was a player where they don't even act like the three-point line exists um you know they're they're still trying to trying to get those really tough twos and they get to the free throw line a lot so Big matchup. It's going to be a real – it's going to be a brawl, and I think it's a great test for Auburn. Again, I don't think they're going to face very many teams this season that attack quite like Indiana does because they are old school, but getting you ready for big, strong, physical front courts because Auburn's front court, as talented as as they are and as good a games they've played, it is a more finesse front court, and this is a game where they're going to have to show some real steel down low because – uh, Indiana's going to give them everything they want physically.
0: One of the things we were talking about a little while ago is, uh, uh, I mean, this this is a fun weekend when you look at SEC. I mean, the SEC. Alabama's going to Toronto to take on Purdue. I mean, you've got some got some huge matchups, and it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a bumpy start for the SEC. As David was mentioning, I mean, you know, Kentucky falling to Wilmington. I mean, it's um, the 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 Pre-conference season has been uh, has has been a lot of fun. and It's been crazy. I mean, you're looking in in the top. You got Arkansas ranked in the top 25. With what do they got four losses now? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's. Uh, it, I I thought South Carolina was going to get themselves into the top
2: 25 if they held on and won last night. Could not do it. Clemson, yeah, at Clemson. Clemson comes back and wins that game, uh, and, and so South Carolina has their first loss. The only undefeated team left in the SEC is Ole Miss. They haven't played. A murderer's row. They have beaten Memphis uh, at home, and and they'll, they'll play. I think they go to UCF uh, this weekend. So a Big Twelve team on the road uh, for, uh, for for Chris Beard, and, and that's a uh, you were saying on the podcast, Justin. Like if you if you tried to find someone in the league built like Indiana, it might be Ole Miss because yeah. of their front court. You know, yeah. because they really front court on- physical
3: front court. No, obviously with Allen as as been their best player this year. Auburn fans very familiar with how. Physical and slashy. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's averaging like about,
0: eighteen and seven or something.
3: He's for doing him a really, right really good job. I mean, this: we
2: we all like, and this is a basketball segment. If, if we can't get in touch with Dylan, we'll, we'll try him again uh, another day. But um, is is the is the heat on Jerry Stackhouse fair? I mean, this it is, is, a, it's a coach, it is it's a it coach. the coach we all like. yeah. But they are I not, was, not I playing was, well.
3: I was a lot higher on Vanderbilt than most people were coming into the season, and uh, you know maybe maybe people knew what they were talking about with Vandy because it is. It is a brutal start to the year. And when you see when you see South Carolina get off to a good start, when you see Ole Miss getting off to a good start, where you see hey, Georgia's had a couple of good wins here uh recently, like that's real rough because like there are teams in the bottom half of the SEC that are good and they're gonna be you have great coaches. The very bottom of the league I mean, if you're in that spot, it is just really rough to survive. And uh, stack might be
2: stack might be better off in the NBA. Like it might it might be it might be a thing where t- attracting talent is yeah. a like. And he's I, I don't know because he's he's an NBA I, assistant for. A I was really before.
3: hoping it would work out. It, it might still could. I was really hoping it would work out for him because to me he seems like the perfect like replacement for Hubert Davis whenever Hu- Hubert's done at North Carolina. Well, well, like that, that. yeah. Hu- things Hubert, need to go yeah. much better than they are, you sure. know, for, for that. But to ever stacks be the case. X's and O's with what you can bring in at yeah. out wise in North Carolina, and then being such a great player from there, yeah. How
0: about how about the uh, the the fit? It seems like Mike White fits better at Georgia than he did at Florida, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I mean,
3: things are things are not going too bad for Florida. Him. As a fan base and as a, as, a, as a as an institution, the culture, the athletics culture at Florida, um, they have very very high expectations, and mm-hmm. they think they are owed, you know, consistently competing championship, championship caliber t- every year, every year, in every in sport, and everything. You're right. Um, Mike White could not deliver on that at Florida, but at Georgia, where Georgia is just kind of like Auburn was a decade ago, and they're like, please, if you can just make us decent for an extended amount of time, that's better than we've been in in a long time. So go do that. Yeah, they look like they're decent. They're they're decent. Um, they've 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 played some pretty good basketball here recently, and it's just, I mean, nothing's going to be easy in this league this year. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> even though you might sit there and say. Ah, well, you know, Auburn's got – you know, Vanderbilt looks like they're getting – you still got to go to memorial this year. So, and, Florida, you know I mean?
2: and Florida, even though they don't look like a tournament team at the moment, still played Baylor to the final couple of possessions at the end of last month. They got Brooklyn. some good players so, I mean, on I, that team. Yeah, like I think that's another team where you know, I, I don't quite know what to expect out of them once conference play rolls around. Sure. Uh, you know they, they, could, they could be a top half of the league team. They could and uh, I think,
3: They could be a year away. And I think Tennessee's got some issues – but, I mean, they've played just the most murderous schedule I've seen a, a big team play this early in the season for a while. So it's going to be a run. And then, like, yeah.
2: Bama-Purdue is going to be a good one on Saturday. Bill was talking about that, the game up in mm-hmm. – uh, that, that's, that's I mean, Bama going from Niceville, Florida, uh, to uh, Toronto, Canada in a, a short time span to play these games, uh, But uh, both against Big Ten teams. Played Ohio State down in, uh, down in Florida. They're going to go up to uh, Toronto to play a top-five Purdue team this weekend that'd be a huge win. Bama's done that before under Nate Oates. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina a couple years ago was yeah. uh, was I think they were the number one team in the country. Yeah. When when Alabama beat them sort of out of nowhere in a tournament game, you know, it would be a huge win for uh, for Nate Oates. You know, it, with, with conference play around the corner. Well, yeah. Yeah. It,
3: the question is, is can Bama play defense? It is just it has been a real. I mean, they might have the best offense in America, but that defense is not really. Really up to par, and, and, and Purdue can score. Purdue can score. You see, you've seen, you know who Alabama has for the next three
0: games. They it? Are, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I mean, this is as daunting. They go to Toronto to take on Purdue, then they go to Creighton. A week later. And, and then their next game is in Phoenix against Arizona. So mm. you got number so five. And Tennessee yeah. have
3: had probably the most brutal stretches in the that year. Is, yeah. you're
0: back to back to back, away from home, top 10 teams. Next next three for Alabama. Yeah, top ten teams
2: away well, from home.
3: Well, it's not like they're getting a great crowd at home. So, I mean, I think they can be used to, no, but, used to not play with the, with but the it's, home but court. But it's even worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's
3: – Did you see the crowd the other night of that game? Yeah, that's, the, that's the Arkansas it State, State awful. game. Awful. Yeah. Arkansas State yeah. game, yeah. It's, I mean, and they were talking about how bad it was at the Clemson game. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, again, it's different, different strokes, obviously, different buildings. But, like, the Auburn-Virginia Tech game was about as loud and rowdy as you're going to get. Uh, in non-conference, mm-hmm. it, really it really was officially
2: officially 9,700 at the Arkansas State Alabama game. Yeah, and that may have been tickets sold that's or tickets, something. That is tickets sold, and that's uh you know an arena that that, ain't that no, ain't has no 14,000. Hey, no way. Yeah,
0: we need to get to our final break. Brett, hang on, you're up. When we come back for the final segment of the Thursday Drive, it's time to stop dealing with unreal.